Bookish Besties, where we talk about books and occasionally their film adaptations. We're your co-hosts, Seher and Taya. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing Forest of a Thousand Lanterns by Julie C. Dow. Just to let you know, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so listen at your own risk. And with that, let's get into the summary. So this book is about a girl named Shifeng, and she was raised by her aunt Guma her entire life after her mother committed suicide when she found out that she was pregnant out of wedlock, so drama, you know. And then her aunt is, like, really cruel to her, and so she runs away with her lover, Wei, and before she leaves, her aunt gives her this prophecy, and among other things, it says that she will become the future queen, so she kind of struggles with, oh, is she gonna settle down and marry Wei, or is she gonna seek this out to try to become queen? So I enjoyed how she was an anti-hero and not your normal protagonist, and also the whole premise of the book, because it's like, at the start, it's kind of like a retelling of Cinderella because she's living with this abusive aunt and she wants to leave and eventually she does and she goes to a palace. Because she's an anti-hero, it kind of just turns into like a retelling of Zhifeng turning into an evil queen in a way. So it kind of just like switches to that, which I found very interesting. I really like this book. I didn't see the parallels to Cinderella actually. Yeah, the only like parallels were like at the very start of the book because that's what it kind of like seemed like in the exposition. Yeah. And then it wasn't that because it's like a retelling and like an anti-hero story, which Cinderella obviously isn't. Yeah. And I really liked how we could see how conflicted Shifeng was and like she's a very independent person and all the choices that she made, it wasn't like a clear cut path, which I really like. So she kind of chose her own future, even though there was this prophecy. I just didn't really connect with her too much. So there is a lot of world building in this and I feel like because it was harder for me to kind of grasp that especially for like I mean with any fantasy novel you're kind of confused for the first part of it but I do think that because this isn't like a Eurocentric book I think that it was more difficult for me because that is what I'm used to reading so that kind of added another level of complexity to this which I really enjoyed too. Yeah for me I like the world building of this book I compared to like the Grishaverse this is a lot less complicated compared to those books. Those books give me a headache like all the world building like at the very start yes and leo bardugo is still world building in the king of scars series it's insane yeah so i didn't really mind the world building in this book i thought there's a good amount of it and it made sense to me so oh okay i have something that i thought i'd mention later but i guess jump right into it right is that the ending of the book i was not satisfied and i think that is because was she did not seem happy to me like yes she got what she wanted like, I would be fine if she was like, ooh, I want to become queen, or I've always wanted to become queen since I was a kid, or yada yada. But no, this time she was like, oh, I guess this is my prophecy, and then she, she went for it, which like, kudos to her. But then after that, she was like, this is what I want, but I don't really know if she was truly happy with that, so that kind of bothered me as well. And then, like, she, she didn't seem content with her future as well. And also, we didn't really get closure with Wei and Guma, so we got to know that Wei is a monk in the mountain somewhere and that Guma presumably died because Wei killed her. But, and the only reason why we know that is because she received her aunt's slash mother's deck of cards, which she would have never given up if she was alive. But that isn't really confirmation and I felt like those two stories were very not completed and it felt very odd for them to just end like that and for her to just like move on too because we see how like connected she is with Guma and Wei and the fact that she's just so willing to give this up, which obviously we have seen her struggle throughout the book. We didn't see her 
give them up completely especially guma we did not see her like at the end she really wanted to see her and then the fact that she knew that way was gonna go and kill her and she was just like i mean she was disappointed but i was just like really this is how you're gonna react but i don't know sure i mean we can get more into this in character but her character throughout from the very start when this happens it changes a lot because she's very like power hungry now and very content on completing this prophecy and becoming queen so her priorities have changed the people in her life have changed she already knows that like way is kind of just like done with this whole situation yeah which like i was so glad when he finally like gave up on her because i was like way why out of all the things he keeps like chasing after her this is such like a mal situation from like shadow and bone yeah we'll get into that in character we both did that it was so funny too yeah and then with guma well the last time she saw guma she was being abused and everything way kept on like routinely just like threatening to kill guma <laughs> so she's like okay i guess you know so it makes sense kind of this situation was happening to her at the start of the book she would be reacting a lot differently but i do agree that i feel like we didn't really get proper closure with any of those characters as they were pretty important and it is a series too so we might get to know a little bit later but like it was definitely a segue into the second book of the series as we saw like she was talking about all the lanterns and how they lit up for the baby but then also it was kind of a weird ending i feel because i feel like she seemed like okay with the baby if that makes sense she didn't feel as threatened or something she just seemed like pretty chill about it she's like oh okay i would be surprised that she didn't try and kill her because like out of all the people that she's killed because she wants to get where she is today i would think that the old queen's newborn baby would be pretty high on the list of people who are gonna attack her <laughs> as like i was saying about it turning into like a whole like retelling of the evil queen retelling so basically this baby is kind of snow white and in the original snow white the evil queen is routinely trying to kill snow white so that's definitely something that could be happening in the second book when she was beat okay that just seemed like it hurt a lot like dang she's just been getting beat her whole life i just feel bad for her honestly now when i was like reading about way like his character and like his whole like character arc and like basically his place in the book is so similar to Mal's. And that was what I was thinking too and we hadn't even talked about that which is kind of funny. Way is better than Mal to be honest. I will say one thing. I think the reason, like part of the reason why you also think why Way is better than Mal is well we can see that Alina isn't a anti-hero. She's just like your protagonist, right? So she's not doing any anti-hero stuff and she's trying to save the world which makes Mal's actions seem a lot more annoying and selfish and how he treats Alina but we can see that Wei treats Zhifeng similarly except Zhifeng is also an anti-hero that is like power hungry and everything so just in that sense we can have some more sympathy for Wei than Mal because like their love interests are very different and also yeah just like how they're similar I'll just like go on about the plot so basically Wei and Mal they're both like childhood friends of the protagonist and then what ends up happening both of the protagonists they end up going to like some royal palace or something right and then Mal and Wei they both run to the palace to meet the love interest and then the love interest is like no and then they both run away again then they run back 
back again. I think it's just the running away. They're just going back and forth. <laughs> they're like doing the same thing. And then they go back and then they both have the moment where they're like kissing the person. They're like, are we gonna do this or not? And then they're like, nah. And then they both leave again. <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, they're just really similar. Like it's kind of scary how similar they are. I think Mal as a character is better than Wei. He's more developed in the book. He, we see his character more than Wei. Yeah, and also how he turned out to be a monk in the mountains. I mean, even Shifeng herself said she did not believe that. She was like, that's so weird for him. So it was kind of interesting to see that he made that choice. Like, we didn't really get to know a whole lot behind why he made that choice, but I think it was... So her aunt slash mom, that was... I was like, really? Not, not gonna lie, out of the past few books that I have read, I've had many. Turns out you have more family than you thought mm -hmm. you did. Not only finding new parents, parental figures. I mean, she's not exactly a secret family member. She was. She can't really justify that being like, hey, I'm your mom. And I feel like in Jifang's point of view, Guma turning out to be her real mother doesn't exactly matter to her because it's literally her just turning from an abusive aunt to an abusive mother who she was told to be dead as a child. So like, thinking like changes besides the fact, oh, so my mom was alive this whole time. One thing that stuck out to me while I was reading was how when Guma made a deal with the serpent. <laughs> no, this, okay, when you say Serpent King, it just reminds me of Riverdale and now I want to cry. I never again. thought of that. <laughs> well, I never did either while I was reading the book. I think my mind is just not working right now. I'm actually crying. You and the rest of the people listening to this can suffer. Okay, continue. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> give me a second. I need to I need to compose myself. But yeah, one thing that stuck out to me was the deal that Guma made with the Serpent King. I mean, she made quite a number of them, but one of them that stuck out to me was when she started giving up small things, you know? And one of those was her sense of direction. I mean, she gave up much more valuable things, let's be honest here, but I was just like, hold up, her sense of direction? Like, out of all the things, I don't know what it's like to not have your sense of direction, but it must be pretty disorienting. Okay, here's the thing. I, if you're gonna write an anti-hero, it needs to be well written in a sense that you can feel for the character and that you should like the character. You should like the anti-hero. In this book, I felt for her. Obviously, I felt pity for her, but I didn't really like her. Her personality just wasn't dazzling enough to spark my interest. Dazzling. Because <laughs> like we got to know like, what her younger self was and then compared to now, it's not even good character development. Like her character doesn't really get that much better. Not in the sense of like morals, but just more appealing. It just... Uh... It just kind of went for the worst and in the royal palace she kind of just like becomes enemies with everyone because she's like working against everyone like in secret and also because i think something that happens is like she becomes very power hungry i was really worried that her own thoughts and desires were not hers and they were actually the serpent kings because like the whole thing about that evil thing twisting inside of her trying to like that controlled her at some parts of it was really disturbing and i was like hold up is she good i do feel like her character change was very quick and dramatic which I mean would make more sense if it was from the Serpent King controlling her. Yeah, I was like halfway through the book. She like just her motives changed. Like she knew she had to become queen, and then it, that feeling became stronger and stronger over time. And like she was doing like willing to do anything to complete that task, such as killing people, you know. And just from the start of her book, like her inner thoughts were very different. So part of that I feel like is just the power and the feeling the need to complete the prophecy. But part of it 
it could also be the serpent king can we talk about the queen i thought her character was interesting because in a way she was a bit of like the mother figure that jifeng could never have because the mother figure she did have was abusive then i also feel like there was a point where she knew that this was not a mother figure and, and that this was all fake and that she had to pretend to play the daughter because the queen never had a daughter at least till the end haha <laughs> yeah it was kind of both of them like taking advantage of each other and the people that are missing in their lives and their attachment issues in a way so i guess that was interesting i just the thing that i found interesting about the queen's character is how like she was like seen as kind of innocent and gullible until we learn more about her and that she actually knew about it not everything but like she knew about stuff and jifeng was like underestimating her a lot also kong the servant to the demon so basically the dude that was supposed to protect her i thought he was such like a nice dude at the beginning until he turned into a literal demon i was a little bit disappointed by that but i guess their personalities go very well together at the end of it so you do you but yeah i was like damn who why is this dude being so nice to her like this is this dude's better than way like setting up meetings for her in way and then turns out nope the nice people always have to have alternative motives yeah i mean that's kind of how it works because she's like also in a very toxic environment no one really has any morals that are driving them towards like a good direction <laughs> so and yeah just to end off characters i just feel like the characters weren't exactly well developed enough and because of their personalities i just couldn't relate to them as much i think we all know one of the themes power because she wants power <laughs> yeah there's so many examples of her craving power throughout this and her shift i think that's another thing that i don't really like about her characters at the beginning she really doesn't crave power not in the same way that she does at the end and it's really kind of disheartening to see her priorities change so much guma and jifang is very obvious guma was just abusing jifang and there was no justification for that either like it doesn't matter that first of all she did lie to her about being her aunt than her mother so there's that kind of sense of removal she could have just admitted hey you're my daughter instead of raising her to be something other than her daughter and so it just felt like she didn't really care about her saying she was her niece instead of her daughter really kind of removes her even more from her responsibilities as a parent so she turned into why did your mother kill herself now i have to raise you instead of oh i'm your mom you know so it felt like really yeah i think that was kind of the point because she was trying to remove herself from the situation and also gives her more sympathy for herself because now i feel like also one thing is that guma she was able to remove herself from being the mother so she was also able to imagine herself as the perfect mother that passed away killing herself so she's able to imagine the perfect mother or the perfect version of herself in the version that she guilt trip jifang with so that's just one thing for guma but yeah oh also this isn't a theme or anything i don't know if we have anymore but this was just a quote that i liked from the book so i'll share it sometimes it is necessary to do questionable deeds to achieve what the heavens ordained jifang said thinking of all she herself had done but in our losses we may gain ourselves we take what is ours and find solace in the quiet places between death and destruction which i think really is a quote that like shows her thought process and how her character has developed from the start of the book what would you do now 
Taya. So basically, like, this is your childhood friend. So you will live with an abusive parent figure. Then you've come to a point where he confesses his feelings again, and you confess your feelings again, I guess. That's bold of you to assume. <laughs> Shh, be quiet. And then he's like, run away with me. How would you react to knowing you have this prophecy you need to complete, but then also your childhood best friend is like, let's go run away from your abusive. I mean, obviously, I respect my aunt in that situation, just as um, Shifeng does, but I also feel like Wei's kind of dim, and he doesn't really know how the real world works in, like, the sense of making a living, and so I don't know if I'd trust him. Like, obviously, I'd probably be, like, a dumb teenager and be like, sure, I'll get married and then live happily in the middle of nowhere in, like, a cabin. I definitely would not have became queen, because that just doesn't seem like a fun job. So I'd be like, oh, my prophecy? Too bad. But then also, do I actually like Wei? Because, like, me, I don't like Wei, but I guess if there is some, I don't know. Okay, how would I react to the situation? Yeah, I'd definitely be anxious about it, but also I don't think I'd agree with him to leave at the moment. Like, one, I'm, like, already anxious, and two, like, him saying this is, like, so sudden. Like, even, he doesn't have anything planned out, really. It's more just, like, plan something out once we get to the city and everything, and, like, until then, we're just kind of vibing. So, I'd probably just be, like, let's plan this out a bit more, like, probably within a few more days, and then let's actually escape, so then I don't end up being, like, hurt in the meantime, and so then we actually, like, do this productively and everything, and actually get a job in the city, because if we can do that properly, then I wouldn't have to worry about being a queen as much, because it's then I'm also, like, worrying about my life circumstances, knowing that I have the opportunity to become a queen. Also, there are some inconsistencies with Shifeng's personality, too, because she's like, oh, Wei will take care of me, and then, like, two chapters later, she's plotting against the queen, and you're like, hold, hold on, you really were naive enough to think that Wei would take care of you and would have enough money with his skills. I mean, he has skills, yes, but you know what I mean. And I'm just like, okay. Anywho, what would you do if you were Guma and you met this dude in a cave somewhere? Would you trade, like, your sense of direction or literally everything else that he demanded for, like, whatever else you wanted? Like, what would you, would you go along with this serpent king? Oh, so if I am Guma and I literally do, like, cards for a living too, I feel like because of that, I'd probably, maybe I would, like, thinking from her point of view, and if I was, like, if I was her, then I'd probably do it. If I was me in her place, I feel like I wouldn't do it. I'd probably just leave because it just, to me, it just seems like a deal that, like, could easily be a lie. What do you think? I'm not sure. I probably wouldn't, but I don't know, being in Guma's perspective. Probably not. I'm just gonna go with that. All right, well, thank you for listening to the Bookish Besties. We're your co-hosts, Seher and Taya. In next week's episode, we don't know what we're doing still, but we'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, there's a couple books we might choose. And make sure to stay connected with us on our socials, on Instagram at the Bookish Besties underscore, and on TikTok at Bookish Besties. Toodles. All right, bye-bye. Thank you.